Welcome to the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip Saunders. I'm your host, as always. And with me, as always, is my producer, engineer, extraordinaire, Dan Serretta. How are you doing tonight, Dan? Uh, wonderful, as always. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. You're keeping busy during all these yeah, uh, yeah, my day, stay-at-home times? Yeah, my day job's cutting and my TV watching. Day jobs. That'll be quite, uh, be quite awesome. I should have thought about a day job. Get a yeah. fucking day job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this this is going to come around again, this fucking pandemic situation. And if we don't learn from our mistakes now, so I got to get a day job starting tomorrow so I have something to fucking do rather than just grow this beard. Um, today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Kara Lichty. We're going to get to her in a second before we get started on that. No, no, you're not, it's not time yet. Uh, uh, I just want to give a shout out to the normal... Uh, things that we drop before the podcast uh, at Sugar Run Bar is where you can follow us on Instagram you can also send e-transfers for gift certificates to info at Sugar Run Bar I-N-F-O at Sugar Run Bar is that uh, dot, dot .ca or dot, uh, uh, dot it is .ca that's a good point it's a good point important, .ca. Information. important information um, if you want to e-transfer with your details in the notes we will send you gifts or you can pick them up when we are able to reopen it does help also what helps is to subscribe rate and review the industry podcast um, I want to send a quick message out to Zach Hanna who did the art for our um industry podcast for the Instagram and for um, anything you see on Apple or Spotify or whatever. The beautiful artwork was done by Zach Hanna. He's a designer. You should really check him out for your design needs. He has been so gracious as to design a t-shirt and all the proceeds from buying these t-shirts. He is donating to Sugar on Bar, uh, completely unsolicited by us, just on his own. He's a great great dude so support Zach because we love him and where can we find Zach uh, it's at Zach Hannah let me just make sure I got that right I don't want to fuck it up in the meantime can I just say how beautiful those illustrations are and the vibe off them is it's wonderful yeah it's uh, it's just Zach Hannah as uh, Z-A-K-H-A-N-A-H you can find him on Instagram, and I agree with you, Kara. His his art is beautiful, Thanks, and man. his also his soul is beautiful. Aww. What a wonderful thing to do for us! <laughs> All right, now let me introduce a good friend of mine, Kara Lichty. How are you doing, Kara? Good, good, thank you. Good. Yes. Uh, so we're just gonna dive right into it. Um, well, actually, before we get started okay. on. Um, the history of your serving career. Lord help. Yeah, yeah, because that's going <laughs> to send us down a rabbit hole we might not get back out of. Uh, let's talk about what you're doing right now. Oh, um, I left not long ago. It would have been, holy fuck, I honestly don't remember when I left Uncle, but I'm now a registered massage therapist after a grueling, grueling time to get there, as you know, as we yes. were together and I bitched all the time. Um, so I'm working at a clinic downtown Kitchener as well. And uh, for when we come to the other side of this horrendous crisis and people are allowed to touch each other again, how can people get a hold of you (laughs) in your business? Uh, If you go to Green Base Health, I'm one of the RMTs there. It's an awesome clinic. There's like a... It's really awesome because I work with a wicked naturopath and a amazing psychotherapist, other RMTs, Cairo. So it's a cool little team down there. 
And I'm happy that I'm still part of downtown because it would have been really hard to leave. Yeah, <laughs> great. Okay, well, now we'll just jump into okay. your career before that um, <laughs> in the service industry. So we'll start by talking about your first job, as I understand it, was at Eastside Mario's. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. Eastside Mario's. It was, were you, do you remember that one? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it had the crown out the front. It was. Oh, right by Highland and yeah, West Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the one. No, I only know about the one I came to see, but I moved. I didn't move here until, like, 1992, so... Uh, okay, well, it was after that. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, how old do you think I am? Yeah. Um, no, but it was... It was like... my. Don't even. <laughs> it was... Uh, I was 15, because I worked at McDonald's my first job at 14. Like, I was a go-getter. And... Uh, and I left at 15, 16 to get into the, the big, the major leagues. And you were a hostess, right? I was a hostess. It was, uh, got into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's the most fun. Um, so you as a hostess, you're the front face of the bar and you get all the shit up front. It was an unfortunate first defense line of that place, unfortunately. However, I thought I was charming for a bit. And did you, what do you, do you feel like, because um, this is a, it's, it's actually a, the standard almost entry into the service game if you're young and getting into it. So do you feel like you learned, you got to learn a lot about how to be a server from being a hostess? I feel like I got to know a lot of experimenting with drugs yeah. as well as, um, yeah, totally. And just the relationships you make and the kind of different world that the industry is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... But as a training ground to be a server, like... It's... Uh, not at that time. That was a special place for me at, at breakfast. And, right. <laughs> and then what... <laughs> what? Oh, did, we're, still, we're still on uh, yes, Eastside. Yes, yeah. So, um, no, nothing for serving yet, although I was jealous of the girls I knew that were making a lot more money than right. us. Right. <laughs> and from what I understand, you got unceremoniously released <laughs> from your duties... Um, I did get let go there. I was, um, I might have had a bit of an unpleasant altercation with a guest waiting for a table that was taking too long for what he thought was appropriate, and there was obviously nothing I could do about it, and I definitely let him know that I I didn't like the way he was acting. Well, I I will tell you this about Eastside Mayors. I know a (laughs) bunch of people who have started, it's like the the starter job, and uh, it's, it's almost too bad you didn't get into the serving part there because that's a fucking hustle joint, man. It, like, I it, guess. It, 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 what it does teach you how to do is hustle. But I think you learned that at the next spot, <laughs> yes, which is, uh, is that, well, do you like that segue? <laughs> this is this is how you get <laughs> to host a podcast, magic. my friend. This is <laughs> how you get knows. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you got to do that by the time you got to Benny's, which is a breakfast joint. Correct. It sure was, although yeah. it's on like ancient burial, Indian burial ground or something, because it's had more changeovers than. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those dead spots. Everybody <laughs> knows these spots in town that right. just keep flipping forever. And nobody can the old Casey's way back. That's right, Casey. Exactly. And I think it's been like three spots in the last, yeah. last three years. <laughs> so. Oh, it's right. Yeah. yeah. Mother's Pizza. And yeah. Weber Public House or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even what do I, we what's a week mob? Well, we're not getting that. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's the so. Next podcast. Yeah, that's that's for a new podcast. Why do places die um okay so you're working a breakfast joint that's the things about the breakfast joint that i know about them are you got to get up fucking early 
And you gotta hustle. You gotta hustle. The turnover is extreme, right? And you have to like it's like the Hunger Games because <laughs> you need to really prove yourself to these women in their mid late forties working for their mortgage. Right. They we talked. To, yeah. Sorry, I interrupt you. Yeah, I, actually, I totally didn't interrupt you. I'm not gonna lie. The, <laughs> we we talked about this before the podcast started about how. That for some reason the breakfast joint spot seems to attract people who stay there for a very long time, like yes. into their senior years. Totally. Yeah. So that was fun, and like you said, learning to hustle, I certainly did. Yeah, the turnover, and I, that, that's a valuable thing. There's in in my mind always in the serving game the things you can learn. There's knowledge, there's product knowledge, very important, right? There's, um, and then there's like learning the different levels of service. Like from just diner style to fine dining, which you and I have both gone through all yes. levels of that. But these turnover spots, nothing better prepares you. And obviously, the same thing happened to me at Ethel's for no how to be a fucking server because you have to hustle and you have to learn how to organize your time properly. Yeah. And everything has like there's no there's no better learning ground for time efficiency. <laughs> time efficiency? Did I say that properly? But you yes. know, yeah, how to manage your time properly. Time management. Time, thank you. Yes. Yeah, see, that's why we have the guests. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so like a place like Benny's would have done that for you, I imagine. Hundred percent. It taught me a lot, and uh, it was the first time I got a real taste of money that you can make serving. Right. I've never had that in my previous. But you have to fucking hustle for it because the yes. the bills are so small that even like a really good tip. On oh, a breakfast wow. is for only a three seventy five breakfast. I yeah. was getting twenty five cents a time. But you could still bring home a walking decent, out with a hundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's great. But you have to fucking work for I it. I weighed right? three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weighed less than the breakfast you were bringing. Um, but talk to me about the breakfast crowd in general, because I imagine it's fairly demanding. It's fairly. Um, obnoxious in the way of of a seven order drink which I heard you're a breakfast drink order yeah like this I like yeah. to get 15 drinks for breakfast yeah so those are the people that I mm-hmm. still I dream about those people um I am a wife <laughs> it uh, it was yeah it was a lot it was a lot of my beginning to learn how people act when food's involved situation yeah right? yeah and it's like they want it fast and they want it absolutely perfect and it's their half an hour in the day where they own someone <laughs> yeah and so many modifications for a breakfast oh, order right yeah. like that's the other another thing we don't talk we haven't talked a lot about on the show yet is like what it the the modification <laughs> so like, mad oh like and i you know what i How get it you. people want their food the way they fucking want it but also you could make food at home <laughs> to your a pers- very specific taste, yes. And I think that what people don't really understand, the average customer, is that not only is that frustrating for your server, but it's mostly frustrating for your server because they have to deal you with the shit. backlash yeah. from the kitchen <laughs> totally. with all the money. Because those are the people who really like get mad. Like you did it on purpose. Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> I was the one who modified it. I convinced them these right like why would i do that no uh, in the kitchen it'll shit all over you like oh fuck you we don't do those fucking mods and i'm like do you think that i enjoy this abuse do you think that i specifically went to the customer and said you know what you should not you should have those scrambled eggs with extra eggshells 
And <laughs> I want them soft, but I don't want them medium. Yeah, fresh. yeah. Like that's the way I suggested it. Yeah. I, I, they were just, they they actually just ordered it over easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. That, a job like that really teaches you how to organize your time, which is if. In my opinion, you can agree or disagree. It's, this is your show, Kara. You don't have to agree <laughs> well, with me. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, you can agree or disagree, but that is, in my mind, the most important skill for being a server is time management. Yes. And learning to navigate your way through the politics of your, of yeah. your serving team. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is also important. Absolutely. So... Okay, so you go through this whole breakfast ordeal, getting up early in the morning, which really sucks because you just learned how to do Molly at uh, Oh yeah. At uh, Eastside Mario's and, and, and you now can cut this later, but during that time, I was eighteen-ish, mm-hmm. and I was dating a guy I went to high school with years earlier, and he had a diaper fetish. So I was just navigating a lot at a young age. I'm not even sure I know what a diaper fetish so, is. So I'm not the only one. I, no, <laughs> okay. So I'm just saying. For the rubes in the crowd, what is a diaper fetish? It was like, man, it was, it was, it's basically you just like to dress up like a baby. You have to. No, he does. I don't have to. He has he to. He has to. Oh. Yeah, is that right? That's right. That's a thing that exists. And. So you got to navigate that as well as fucking eggs over easy it, and hash browns done properly. Oh my god! So um, it was a it was a <laughs> tumultuous time in my life in a young girl's life. This is a coming of age story. It'll be in my memoirs. <laughs> it's too late. I'm already okay. fucking. I'm already taking. I'm already exercising the rights on this story. If anyone's listening, it's been recorded. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. Wow. See, so this, is, this is why you get invited on the show. Uh, okay, so then... <laughs> I don't even know how to... The master of segue. Is that a lost of words? Is lost that, of words. Lost, I've lost my words. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. What wow. happened after that? Uh, I sent you it, didn't I? I don't know. Where did so I go? Where you, did I work then? I don't know. You're, you're fucking hopped up on ecstasy. You're dealing with a whole... Baby. It's basically, yeah, your boyfriend dressed up like a baby. <laughs> I've got a lot of pressure. Rattle and fucking mobile situation at home. Oh yeah, cloth uh, diapers with the the safety pin. I don't want to even think, get into it. Kit. I think from there you probably found a better man and decided to open a tattoo shop. It's, it was it was that time, See? and then I I, I opened it. it. Oh fuck, you're good. <laughs> and then I uh, yeah I I met someone new, thank God, and. We opened a tattoo shop for a lot of years, and I'll tell you, it was such an awesome experience. It was gorgeous. It was, I miss just the, you know, with this place, you Mm. create an energy that you're super proud of and that people love, and that was wicked. I didn't do the tattoos. I did... No, but that I Other. I think that's important. There's like a sense of, and I think any small business owner would have this, like a sense of, I did this. Like, you totally. know, this is something that I did. And I have a business partner who's equally involved, if not more so, in the aesthetics of this place. But, like, you, it's, you feel like something you built, right? Oh, like, my God. Yeah. So that was a taste for kind of that independence that way. And, I learned so much. And how long did you do that for? Sorry? Um, I... I think it was four to five years somewhere in there. And how old were you during the time? I was 21 when we opened it. So that's a super young age to own your own business. So and we had two locations. Um, we, we opened on Pepler in mm-hmm. Bridgeport, and then we moved to King. It was 
it was wicked and just like navigating rent and those kind of it was like a game for me like I wanted to you know mm. um it was so much fun and unfortunately I opened it with a guy I was dating and you're young and dumb and that that's a recipe for disaster. But it must have been a pretty cool experience, though. So. It was. Yeah. And I think we both, despite it not working, we still appreciate that it happened. Um, so from there, you decide to get back into the serving game. and Totally. I had to, unfortunately, because so, after that, you're like, how the fuck am I going to make money? And and I, I, the other thing, too, is I think this is important to talk about in during these times when we don't even know if there's going to be bars and restaurants in the future. <laughs> is like we, like, people like us have kind of, well, you've got a new skill set now, but, like, you kind of move yourself into a situation where this isn't what you know how to do, and this is what you've done, and this is what's on your resume. Yeah. So, like, you start this tattoo shop, doesn't work out, now what? What's on your resume, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And in your mind, in the moment, it's like anything else where you're like, this is what I'm going to do forever. You know, like you're making all these plans. So it was a reality check, and I worked some shitty retail right after that. Um, Went another myriad of jobs. Do you remember Nougat Bakery? No. Oh, yeah. On uh, Queen? It was on Queen, and now it's in a strip mall on Sterling, where Stampede was. But I worked at the um, The Queen one, and fuck that. Right by the trail there. Yes, and it was super cute, but like fucking underground Polish bakery. <laughs> it was yeah. really intense. Um, but that was another, like... I'm starting to feel like in these times that's what I should have started. Oh, I feel we're, like... we're already underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part Polak, so I mean, yeah. we've got this. It shows. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did that, and then I, I worked some retail, got suggested that maybe I should try serving again, and then I went down that road. Right, so I, um, do you feel like you went back to serving because you had to or you or you missed it or and I, I talked to you about this before but like I worked at a call center for a couple of years when I took a break from serving and it was like I had to cry in the shower every day before I went to work and uh, then shower I was like cries yeah, shower cries Kip. yeah they're the worst shower <laughs> cries with Kip that, that's its own podcast <laughs> that's the next one stay tuned for shower cries with Kip really long episode yeah yes. yeah it's, it's a long and, and hard to listen to but if you have a dog it might calm them <laughs> um yeah, and, and then I was like, I gotta get fucking back into service, and it is what I like to do, and what I'm doing now I hate. So did, when you got back into it, did you feel like it was out of, um, this, there's nowhere else to go, or because you were actually kind of excited to get back into that job again? I worked retail and, like, in a management position, and you, it's like weird slavery Mm. and it's like this weird yes man game of I can't even begin to tell you and a girl I worked with also worked at Jack Astor's part time and she's like Carrie you gotta go serve like you're cute whatever you'll make some money and I'm like I don't know and I took a chance and I'm really glad I did yeah so that was Jack Astor's when you got back into it and Jack Astor's everybody probably knows the chain it's it's an every man's type bar uh you're gonna get all kinds of different you can get yeah you're gonna get every every customer chicken fingers and shit yeah but you're gonna get everybody you're gonna (laughs) get from families to weird creepy regulars to one time when i was working day bar um this one dude i'm pretty sure he was homeless but he would come in all the time because the bus terminal was there 
And he's like, come here, I got something to show you. And I was like, okay. So I go and I lean over the side of the bar and he's like, he's got a catheter and he's holding the bag. And he's like, I got shanked in prison last night. What? <laughs> and you're like, would you like and to jack like, size that catheter? Like to jack <laughs> no shit. But it was, and then I, and then five minutes later, I'd serve a family. Yeah, <laughs> so. great. It's like literally every. So that's a good. That, and it's another. Honestly, it's another good training ground to be to do the job well <laughs> yeah. because you get every possible situation. Yeah. They right? literally had courses on how to. Um, I can't remember what phrase they used, but it was like work the rock, like how to work a bar and banter with people mm. and luckily that does come naturally to me believe it or not <laughs> um, it's working it's working <laughs> I uh but that helped a lot too and that's one of the things that's a pro of a chain is some of the training has been, so much money has been put into that shit yeah right? they, they know what they're doing so yeah. and it was helpful later on when I worked yeah. in independence I think that like people who've been in the industry for a long time tend to disparage that fucking training but for somebody who doesn't have it or like I don't know because I've been I'm Methuselah in this business, right? So, like, I my training was always on the job. It was never from one of those sessions. Um, and I've always kind of worked in independent spots. But if you work in a chain spot like that, they have put the thought into that training, and there is value into it. Like, just straight steps of service, like, you know? They literally do focus groups and all this shit. Yeah, they the want... The common... It's hard to want to put money into that shit. Right, yeah. So, yeah. well, fuck... Yeah, so uh, I imagine also this was the first time that you you were behind the bar. Yes. Uh, it was the first time you started making drinks, making cocktails. Yeah, I um, like I served first, and then I was like, no, I want to. Actually, she's a local musician, Jesse Trainer. I don't know if you've ever. Heard. I know she that name. Jacks if you or uh, Jacks at. Um, uncle a few times okay. but anyway she was the day bartender and I took over from her so she could start gigging and she's doing awesome which is great um but yeah so then I got I felt so privileged <laughs> to yeah. do day bar and learn how to prep and all of the little tiny things that you don't realize go into the bar and prepping for the weekend night staff and yeah it's a very valuable experience living in the bar and it's funny though that the power dynamic in the bar <laughs> and restaurant industry where it's like it seems like always like it's a promotion to be on the bar right and then as I got older and more cynical I started to realize that (laughs) it really just matters what the spot is there's some spots where working the bar is the worst fucking thing you can be doing it's it's not a promotion at all you're working harder you're making less money Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the servers are cleaning up and getting off early because the bartenders are always closing right 100% yeah and so once you, once you get your head in the game, you realize, yeah, it, maybe people who come into the restaurant feel like, oh, the, that guy's the bartender or that woman's the bartender. Mm-hmm. They probably, like, like that's the command position, like the captain's chair, right? <laughs> but it's like, if you're actually just into it to make Wait money. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, make, like, I'd love to just work a, a small section Make a couple hundred bucks and get off at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. <laughs> Bye, bartenders. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like we've been in that position yeah. a couple times. Yes, together. <laughs> together. Yes. And I didn't resent you at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but uh, it's, uh, I imagine also, you were how old at Jackasters at this time? Um, I would have been about, I think I was 24 when I started there. That's okay, so it's after the shop. So you're. 
A young, attractive woman wearing fucking <laughs> Jack Astor's gear. I remember 24 girl, years old. The girls would actually get heckled. So I would drive to work, um, and you have to wear this fucking tiny little skirt. So I'd run from my car into Jack's, and some of the girls would get heckled like, slut, wearing this short skirt, but we had to wear the skirt. It was a really fucked up time, and I remember... I've always been mouthy. It's like, it's a condition. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so when they I got hired, they go, you need a $50 float. At the time, $50 for me was like a million dollars. A lot of fucking money, And they yeah. were like, you can't work if you don't have that. So I'd have to, I scrounged everything I had to make that float. Not only that, you needed um, only black pens, four pieces of jewelry, including a watch. If you didn't wear blush, you had to wear mascara and vice versa. There was all these rules that I was like, where the fuck am I? And uh, I had a problem with that right off the bat. So that was definitely an issue for me. I'm something I'm sure you've dealt with, Kim. Uh, yeah, well, I... He had to tuck his shit into his pants once to put a job. I actually did get in shit for not tucking my shirt into my pants out of the place that we ended up working together yeah. later. They brought it up at the fucking staff, at the manager's meeting. The oh. managers got together and I was like, this place is making no money and about to go in the toilet and is completely disorganized. And you guys have a manager, manager's that meeting about whether my fucking shirt's tucked in? <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe that was the reason. Um, Way to go. Okay, I know. Okay, so, but probably a pretty good party atmosphere, a bunch it of young people. It was definitely, I, uh, I think people were a little standoffish with me at the beginning because I was shocked with how many girls were cool with that. Mm. Um, so I bitched and I was like, they're like, oh, she's crazy. And then I was like, no, I'm just like, whatever. So we, we partied a lot. It was fun. And uh, I'm still friends. I lived with one of the girls a couple years ago, later in life, because we stay tight so it was good I, you you were um, I, I think I have a, an idea about a story about you I getting was, injured at a staff party I was if you were going to bring that up yeah. um, I did we had a Christmas party everyone got super wasted really quickly and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were it was in Jack Astor's have you ever been the one in, on, in Fairview Mall that's the one but this guy I worked with back at house 300 pound dude just wouldn't stop all night and he grabbed the back of my dress and fell and crushed my wrist into bits and we were also wasted I kept drinking for another 45 minutes after that and the, one of the chicks that I worked with was in school to be a massage therapist and she's reefing on my wrist like I ah, are fine no it was like both bones <laughs> shattered nothing and, like uh, a, a drunk person in school for something right, giving you thanks. medical advice <laughs> here's $80 um, so uh after that, I had to host this for a little bit, which is a humbling experience for me. After, you know, you make, what, minimum wage hostessing? Get yeah. took out? Yeah. So I took, like, less than half a pay cut. Well, that's the thing that people that often also don't realize about our job is that if we get sick or if we get hurt we and we can't work, we don't make any money. <laughs> there's no money. That's a, There's no benefit program for, like... The server who gets her wrist crushed by yeah. at a staff party. And I'm not I'm not trying to get heavy on like you know uh, fuck the man situation. However, when that happened, I was I needed the money. I was living a, like in my own place and I had bills to pay. They convinced me to come back to work as soon as possible to do modified duties like host. Mm. 
But because I did that, my WSIB case got thrown out. Right, so which it was is just like, you know, whatever. Fuck it, I don't care anymore. But at the time, thinking back, I'm like, you've screwed over a young girl, like mm-hmm. getting a few more dollars in your pocket. So that's another reason that I'm like changing. And, and that's a, that's one thing for like us. Like, why it should never happen anyway. But it's also, it's also like even worse for like a conglomerate like fucking Jack Astor. Exactly. Like, but I guess that's why they're a conglomerate and. And they got their comeuppance later with some of the shit they put girls through, and they had to pay for it. So it was like little karma situations. Okay, so uh, we were talking about Jack, Jackasses, and um, the clientele you get there—it's kind of everybody, and it's very chainy. So, like, uh, do you have any specific pet peeves about working in a chain-style restaurant as um, opposed to a more independent spot? I think, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There was pros and cons, as if I think of it as the management team Mm -hmm. in that things are a little bit more cookie cutter in the training and that kind of stuff um what the hell did they call oh i even then like my little cynical younger self like they called us peeps and i could just vomit but um and the outfits like you've been to a jack astor's those flair and short short skirts and little tank tops with stupid sayings on the back Mm -hmm. um what was your saying Oh God, I Don't I blocked that. I, yeah, that's repressed. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but uh, honestly, it was the people, as most yeah. places in the industry, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, good party times there, and good <laughs> probably a good learning experience because that's the first time you're actually making drinks and money. Yeah, and making money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, where do you go from there? The next one I have on your list here is martinis. I was going to say, please remind me of my list. Let's just talk about martinis. That's Um, another, it's more, it's it's involved in a consortium more than a chain, right? So what happened with that is, from what my memory serves, after that, my uh, old friend of mine managed the Molly Blooms and got me to come and work for him. Um... I don't, I've drank there a million times, but I was like, I've never worked in a pub, I don't know. So I did that for three months until <laughs> I lost it on some woman who didn't pay her tab. And that was the first, and you had to pay out of pocket. If someone didn't pay their tab, you had to pay right. out of pocket, which is kind of an old school thing. Yeah, you don't get a whole lot of that anymore, but I've worked in places where that was the case, and like was, years ago. Yeah, yeah, and after coming from a chain where you had the, whatever the hell, fund for that kind of shit. Right, yeah. Um, like a safety net The dine and dash fund? Yes. Yeah. yeah. This, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just could not believe, and I watched this woman, like, come in, order all night, she could tell she thought she was something else, and then she just left hoping someone in her group would cover it and whatever I had to and I was not impressed yeah. so Molly Blooms didn't work out <laughs> yeah um, I applied to serve at Martini's actually and they looked at my resume I had a bunch of managerial positions through that believe it or not despite my Im- impeccable customer service <laughs> um, and I think because of the shop they saw that so they were like you know you applied to be a server but can we talk to you about the management position and at that age, I would have been like 24-ish, mm. 25. So that's pretty young to have that kind of job, for sure. I was like, this is, let's yeah. put my big girl pants on. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the ghost? Yeah, don't worry about that guy. <laughs> um, he, he just, so, yeah. Right? So I, uh, yeah, I ventured into that for a little bit. Okay, so that's good, because uh, I've done some middle management as well. Let's talk about middle management and how awful it is. It's atrocious. <laughs> and, you know, a good friend of ours now does that exact same position I was in. Yes. And is excelling. 
So yeah. that's, I think it really is, some people have that edge for it and some people don't, and I didn't. It's very difficult, I think, like you do, like I admire people who can thrive in that position because it's pretty much the worst position to be in. You're, you're stuck, you get, you get it from both ends, right? You get shit on from above and you get pissed on from below because you're never making anyone happy. You're not like the... The owners, or the like, if you're in a place where there's like a general manager, or whatever, they're coming to you first with all their problems. Like, and I, I do the same fucking thing here. Like, <laughs> I, if, if, I, if I have a problem, I don't have time to go to all of the individual staff. I have to just go to the person who I've hired to look after that staff. Totally. Now, so he's that my manager gets shit on by me, and then he's also <laughs> getting all the shit that the employees are pissed off about, right? So it's kind of. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not ideal. I uh, I was working. I did the math, and at the end of the day, I was making about eight to eleven dollars an hour with right. the amount of hours I was putting in. And yeah, because you're on salary, was, right? Was, yeah. And of course, like after serving, after doing retail, whatever, whatever, someone offers you salary, you're like, oh man, this is a good choice, right? It sounds Benefits like a good idea. Yeah. And blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, holy shit! I just got railed every which way. Like I closed. They made me close every night, and it's a massive building. Now, were you also making tips at that time, or no. just this? Uh, no. Yeah. So. so I'm doing cash outs of girls making two hundred bucks a night, and I'm just like, oh. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously. And it's also like those, you kind of get to this point too where you're, it's a weird power dynamic because you know that the person that you're in charge of is making more money than you. And like that really only happens in pro sports. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, so true. That was a huge, I literally, it was such a hard, I felt like I was in high school again. The Winning the girls over on my team was so important to me just because I used to be one of the teams. Right. So I'm like, no, don't look at me like I'm this. This yeah. villain character. Yeah, the first uh, supervisory job I got was when I was still in university, and that was a big struggle for me. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to be their friends and also their boss at the same time, and you still want to be part of the crowd because these are the people you used to hang out and party with, and all of a sudden you're in charge of them, and it just creates a... It's like it's, like it's, an, awful, it's an awful high school situation, it for sure. It totally was, and then... Uh, I just, there was a lot, because of where that particular place was and the affiliation it had with the Radisson, is that what's there? Uh, yeah, I think it's the um, Radisson, yeah. I, there was a lot of ass kissing. Yeah. And that was hard. There was a lot of international business men that would come in that were staying at the hotel and, um... Yeah, it gets weird. I don't think about that place as a hotel bar, but in a weird way, it kind of yeah, is, right? Big time. So yeah, holiday in on the other side of the street. Yes, yeah. totally. So let's talk about. We've had a, um, uh, other guests on the show who have also worked in a hotel bar type of atmosphere. So tell, let's talk about the crowd that you get in that scenario. Um, it's funny because I've worked in two situations like that. You thought I would have learned the first time, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was a lot of prominent business owners in mm. town that. I could not fathom the um, just the perks that they got because of who they were and the money they had. It made me physically ill, and I, you know what yeah, I mean. No, I, I do. Couldn't. Well, especially when you're working in a place that caters to that. I've been uh, sort of I don't know if it's luck or just by choice that I t- tend to not have worked in places like that where <laughs> like people come like into the place that I work to have that sort of attitude. We can kind of take them down a peg but in a situation like that especially when you're in management you do have to cater and kowtow to that element 
And that was just not for me. I remember there's this one guy, because I, 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 you have to freaking table touch every freaking table there, and it was a lot of Okay, shoes. can you explain table touch to like, our non-servers? Um, yeah. Like, just going out, and you're that awkward guy, and you're clearly, the server's been there a million times, but you got to go and say, like, how is everything? Right. Just to save So you're kind of walking around, just making sure everybody's happy. And this guy who was like, one of these people is has his shoes off and has bare feet and he's got his toes in the bars of the chair and like rub it I couldn't so I I, I, I circled a few times and I'm just like Bloop. and I had I'm like listen you gotta put your and it was like he was pissed off about it right and it, I, who are you to tell him to put his I? fucking shoes on in public <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that was the inevitable decline of that position not only that but I was doing inventory for upwards of $200,000 worth of booze on top of the consistent um, front of house manager shit that I was dealing with, it was too much. I was over. Yeah, the inventory quick. thing is a lot of work. I think people don't really realize that. Like, um, even we have a very small sort of um, amount of backlogged liquor and wine here at this place, but the inventory will still take you a few hours at night. Now, if you're working in a place. The, that was the scope of like a martini is that inventory like how many hours would it take you to complete that about eight and right. it was for it was for all three like Dell's charcoal and oh you had to do it yeah. for all of them right and um, so the building's huge itself so you, and there's a million rooms with a million and again Nat's doing that yeah but she so that was totally her thing and I honest to god as horrible as it sounds I think it was that power dynamic and I just missed being one of the team. Yeah, I, I think uh, I've talked to a lot of people and myself included in that, in that situation where you do that. So some people, like you said, some people, they just find that that's what they're good at and that's what they want to do and they're happy with it. Other people, more like you and I maybe, are, are just like, you do that job for a while and you realize, I, I don't, this is not what I enjoy about the service industry. I, like this is, you, this is like being middle management almost anywhere, right? As a, like you don't, you're not, well, obviously the money is worse, and the responsibility is greater, and the shit you take is worse. But more, even more than that, you're not really, you don't have the personal dynamic that you get to have with your customers when you're on the floor physically or behind the bar physically, right? Because as much as we, you know, on this show specifically, like to bitch about customers and whatever, <laughs> that is why we do it, because we like people, and like we, we enjoy yes. hanging out with the people who come in, right? With the good, the good ones. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and you kind of lose that when you're the manager. Totally, and I, like, my favorite thing, I'm not going to lie, and it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn here. Toot away. But I, like, I will toot away. The show's all about you, Kara. It's so all fun. about tooting. <laughs> um, as time went on, I developed such a good relationship with the girls on, on the serving team there. Yeah. That, uh, I, everything I did was for them. Everything I advocated for was for mm. them, and that made me super happy. And I got to talk shit with them. But talk as a server, talking shit with your team is my favorite part about yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. So that was something I also missed. Yeah, because there's a certain element as tight as you might be with your uh, serving crew. If you're their boss, there's yep. shit they're not saying in front of you 100%. or with you. you know? And you'd like, I'd hear a bit of a conversation and I'd go over like, ooh, and no, I wasn't. And you also know at some point they're talking shit about you <laughs> too, course. right? Like, And you can't even take it personally because it's like, you're just doing your job, but yeah. you're the man. But I took it personal. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to when you come from being one of the exactly. gang and then all of a sudden you're the person they are talking shit about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. 
so from there, you... I don't know if there's a few places in here that you want to talk about in between. The next one I have on my list is... Pretty... Yeah, I went... Which, again, there's that hotel. Hotel bar, again. But yeah. it was... I was serving, so that was a different... It was shitty because when I was at Martini's, I asked to get demoted. I oh, asked, you did? Okay. I did. I asked to serve instead. All of the girls advocated for me. They were all um, on board with that because they were like, no, the girls will find that uncomfortable. And they were like, no. So they wouldn't want me. They said, you can go serve at Moose Winooski's because uh, they're a sister. Okay, so actually, well, we should explain to people who don't know. The consortium here is the charcoal group. They own what? They own uh, Charcoal Steakhouse. They own Martinis. They own Wildcraft. Wildcraft, Bauer Kitchen, yeah. Beer Town, mm-hmm. and what was the one you just mentioned? Uh, Moose Winooski. Yes. So um, yeah, so a lot of places. So you can work, go work for another one of their affiliates. And that was just not happening. Yeah. That was <laughs> Moose is a, a sports bar. I might as well have gone back to Jackass. Right. Yeah. It's know. very. There's not much difference. No. Right. So. So I just like nah. So I. I looked around for a bit, and that just happened to work out, and I still can remember my interview from there, um, very intimidating at the time, um, but I, I worked there for a few years, and I made, again, really awesome friendships, and I had a lot of fun there. Uh, I met Dan there. That's right. Dan Collins, <laughs> from, you might remember from episode one of The Industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who's now the GM of Sugar Run. Um, okay, so, uh, again, though, you're, it, so proof, is there, a, would you, could you delineate a difference between proof and martinis, or are they pretty similar? Um, I would say there's definitely, at the time, I couldn't say what it is now, um, there was a little bit more, I would say, maybe professionalism at martini in the way of the way the, the girls were depicted, Whereas at Proof, it was still very cocktail, small little cocktail dress that I mm. wore. And I wasn't used to that since Jack's. So that right. wasn't, it, it was a fine dining experience, but also that twinge of a bit of sexualizing. Right. Um, so that was something strange for me. And so let's talk a little bit yeah. about that. We actually haven't had anyone talk about the, that specific thing on this show yet. Um, because you've had mostly men, have you not? Uh, we've had two men and one woman. Yeah. Um, and she was pregnant, so she was. <laughs> yeah, people sexualize the pregnant they, a little they less. Do. That's a thing. A little less. Oh, I was going to say yeah. some. You never yeah. know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about because uh, it's just like in it doesn't happen to us guys as well occasionally, right? It happens occasionally, <laughs> but not nearly what you women have to go through. So. Do you want to talk about that at uh, yeah. all? Or, yeah. I, uh, at Jack Astor's, it was different in the way that I feel like when you went to Jack Astor's, that was part of the experience. It was an unsaid thing of these girls were wearing tiny little pleated skirts mm. and tank tops. And that's just, you know, out there. Um, at Proof, it was more low-key because it was had a bit of a more dressy label on it. Mm. Very, very much still. Uh, more formal. Yeah, a more formal sexualizing. And some <laughs> and some women are totally fine with that when they're working. Like they like that that's they just look at that another way to increase the tip yeah. share, right? And that's I understand that. More power to you if that's the way you, but some people are like you are not like that. I know you. You're not you're not a flirty <laughs> server, right? So uh, so how do no. you handle it coming one way with no return? Um 
yeah, it was definitely hard, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, it would just make me laugh or whatever, but sometimes it pissed me off. Yeah. And I would get... I. What's I the rudest thing a dude ever said to you? Uh, it was actually, believe it or not, and it's so ingrained in my mind, is when I was managing mm. at Martini's, and this guy said, I'll give you 50 bucks if you walk back and if you pace the bar and I can watch you. Yeah. And I just, it was such a weird, like, I've been hit on in a more kind of outright whatever ways, but that was a, a societal, I can buy you kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, it was so raunchy. At Proof, it was, it was more just the ogling and the, I would be scared to approach a table with a man and a woman because you immediately know the woman's going to think less of you. Mm. And you and the guy are awkwardly trying not to look at each other but you don't want to look at the woman too much because then it's obvious and it's just the fucking politics of it are ridiculous um, but that really bothered me yeah it's a social workout in that yes, situation right? huge I once had a woman with miss half her teeth roll up a piece of paper into the top she asked me for my pen and then she rolled it up into the you know that little dip that comes down the pen so you can mm. stick it in there the pen cap rolled it up into the pen cap and uh, it said, do you want to come home with me? And three, <laughs> yeah. three of those words were misspelled. <laughs> so you did. So, yeah. <laughs> she was wild. <laughs> oh, do you remember? Actually, I got a note, too, um, from Uncle, that, that one weird guy that nobody liked. Oh, that's you have to be more specific. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sitting, I'm sitting right here. Right <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Nate, Nate? Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was very... We'll just call him, in quotes, Nate. (laughs) But yes, um, so yeah, I didn't... Eventually, I think now they've toned that down. There was a big movement that actually started with Jack Astor's, do you remember? No. Um, A couple years ago, because when you worked at Jack Astor's, you needed three pieces of jewelry. You needed mascara and blush. Oh, is that right? Um, Your hair had to be up. There was times I got soaked by kegs. Um, or it had to be down. I got soaked with kegs. I'm like, can I not wear my hair up? You could not wear your hair up. I had no idea about that. Yeah. yeah. And, no fucking uh, kidding. That's crazy. You ha- three pieces of jewelry didn't include a watch, and they wanted a necklace, and you know that it's, it, it's an attention yeah. drawer. Um, so, yeah, there was a huge movement, and same with Moxie's was the other big one. No shit. I had no idea that that was a real thing. Because Moxie's, you had to wear shoes that were like over Why is that not more discussed? That's right? fr- That's straight up like... So I think when that happened, the, the formal <laughs> uh, sexist uh, outlook was kind of, they were like, oh shit, we better do something about this now. Yeah, before they get a million losses? That's yes. fucking crazy. I can't oh, believe they got away with that for so like long. someone at that Earl's chain out west started suing them for something along those oh, lines? Oh, I don't know I about that. that two, three years ago. Sounds about right. Some stories about that. Yeah. That's Which, crazy. It took way too long. Like, would have been. I'm guessing it was 2015 ish, 2016. That this started happening, and the, it's, yeah. wow, isn't that nuts? That's so, crazy. Um, that made me happy. That's <laughs> funny, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I would like I've been in this industry my whole entire life, and I did not know that that happened anywhere. Yeah. So I imagine that the majority of our listeners would be completely oblivious to the fact that there were places still doing that in recent history. I was working in one of my very quick spurts of retail. I worked at Aldo for a bit, and I remember this whole influx of girls from Moxie's coming in. They had to buy a certain shoe that was this high heel, and I'm thinking, how the hell are you serving for hours in these? Right. That's fucking crazy. And uh, so also, 
Um, you, you, you also get some of this from co-workers, and this is something else we haven't really gotten into a whole bunch on the show yet. So, like, do you want to discuss that at all? The, um, the I was not one of them. <laughs> no, never. Um, but you definitely worked with me through a few. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of times when people that you work with, you get this kind of chummy rapport, which is awesome. Mm. But that can take a turn into thinking that you're okay with joking, which I, you know me, I tell me whatever. Yeah. But come on. Yeah, well, you, uh, do you want to talk about some of those things that were said to you? <laughs> you don't have to, but. There was um, you know, a very aggressive like dark sexual aggressive shit that was said to yeah. me like and by someone as a coworker by um management mm-hmm. positions mm-hmm. and that was just something and then so thank god I had friends like you that I could trust when on the days that I'm like holy fuck I've got to work a shift now yeah that's fucked and you also kind of have to you're put in a position where what are you going to do you can either walk out and start looking for a new job and or you can just grin and, and bear it. And, like, attractive women in this industry are put in this situation way more than probably the average bear has to deal with in life. Like, I mean, I know women deal with it yes. everywhere. But, like, in this industry, it's almost like... Almost everything is sort of um, hyper-centralized in our industry. Totally. It's because you're taking a bunch of disparate personalities and shoving them really <laughs> close together. It's almost yeah. like fucking Lord of the Flies every yeah. day you go to work. Mixed with the misfit island of toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so that's... Um, I mean, that, and that's a crazy thing that, um, like I said, and, like, men get hit on as well, but it's not... Uh, it seems to be the pattern of social behavior where men are way more aggressive than women are... And it's shitty because I think, one, it gets downplayed with men because they think, like, oh, you love it or whatever. And little toothless one, for example, yeah. like, you, you didn't love it. No, no. <laughs> um, And then it, it puts you in an uncomfortable spot. So, totally. And I think this sounds, and I'm not going to get all whatever, but a lot of times guys will say, like, why don't you just tell them to fuck off? Or why don't you just right. whatever? And it's not, it's not that easy. That's not the power dynamic you live in. No. No. So, I know. Uh, and whether, and if you do to A, a guest, they're, they're paying your bills. And they get pretty fucking pissed off, too. Like, exactly. I've seen that happen for, like, men who, like, hit on a waitress and feel like it's their divine right to do so. And oh, if you yeah. have the nerve to tell them to shut the fuck up, in a, even a, in a polite way, or tell them to fuck off, then they get super aggressively yeah. pissed off about that. And they've got, you know, a $250 bill because they're trying to impress all their friends, yep. and now you're not getting tipped on and you're paying out on. Right. So. And this is how, like, it's not, it's, it makes it sound almost prostitutional, but it's not. <laughs> like, it's, this is how we make money. It's this, true. This is what we depend on. Believe me, no one's working for that server minimum wage and making a living like we we rely on the tips so yeah that definitely i think that should be something that is talked about a little bit more and just um for some girls having the tools to know how to deal with that it's a special skill to know how to tell somebody to fuck off without them realizing that you're doing it and i i can do that to people as well but i don't have to do it as often like (laughs) but um and and not everybody has that skill, nor should they be, nor should they have to, like just treat people like we're right. all human fucking beings here. Like just treat people like human beings. Like I, like you wouldn't treat your the person who 
Like, if you got on in a cab, well, maybe they would. I don't fucking know. But, like, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. If somebody's <laughs> ringing through your groceries, would yes. you treat them like that? 100%. Yeah. Exactly. Like the cashier at the grocery store? No. I, I, I always say this is the same thing about, like, you know when the customer will be like, oh, it's my birthday. What do you do for birthdays when you're at the bar industry? I'm like, I once said to someone, I'm like, well, when you went to the grocery store and they were ringing through your bread... <laughs> Did, did you ask them that? Like, it's my birthday. Do I get free bread? Free groceries. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Oh, I know. Um, uh, yeah. I'm glad you touched on that because I do think that's something that needs to be talked about a little bit more. And I will say we live in a very, you know, femme-powered um, society, and I love that. But I don't think that means you have to love that or you have to deal with that. Like when you said... Some girls use that to yeah. make money. And it totally 100%, but you don't feel like you have to. Right. You shouldn't be in a position where you feel like you have to do that. If you if it's your choice to do that, yes. hey, go with God. But like, well, maybe maybe that's the wrong maybe that's the wrong way to say that. But, uh, but you get my point. But don't but it's but you shouldn't ever feel like and I've had this conversation with women's service before where they feel like that's what they have to do. Or and I always I once dated a girl who was like, worked at a nightclub, and it was Halloween, and she just, uh, she put on this costume, and I was like, it's just not the way, like, very demure dressing person in general, and it was Halloween, and all of a sudden, like, everything was out on display, (laughs) and I was like, whatever, do what you need to do, but like, I'm like, what is happening right now? And she was like, well, it's Halloween, I gotta make money, and I'm like, no one should feel like they have to be in that position. No. That's... That's a, and I don't know what to do about it. We're not here to solve all the world's problems, but like, but <laughs> but it is something that's good to talk about. I think like just so people recognize that just because someone might be attractive and serving you doesn't mean that you're at a strip joint. Exactly, and just because someone's wearing a low cut dress, look around, everyone's wearing it. This girl has to wear it. She's not yeah. wearing it for you. Exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look that at was, us, look at that, social issues. <laughs> I don't know what's next for this podcast, but it's getting pretty heady. Moving up. It's getting pretty heady. So um, after, I don't know if it was directly after Proof, but I started working with you, or or actually I was already there, so you started working with me. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. you, you worked with me first. Um, I was at Rich Uncle Tavern here yes. just up the street from Sugar Run. Great spot. Um, and that... I, well, let's talk about that spot. It's pretty interesting. Um, I always felt like... So this place used to be the Berlin, which was a very oh, yes. ultra-fine-dining restaurant, very grandiose ideas of how they were... Uh, Jonathan Gushu, a very Huge. famous chef, who's now moved on to um, Fogo in Newfoundland Way. Um, and so they would do a new menu every day. I think that's how it went, right? Yeah, then they changed it to more seasonal after that. Yeah. Because that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. new menu. <laughs> and, and, and new wine pairings every day. Now, when I first started with Rich Uncle, they, they essentially what they did was they took this same concept, Jonathan left, and they revamped it into what is now Rich Uncle Tavern, but it was the same owners, ownership mostly, except for Jonathan. Yeah. And um, they what I what blew my mind was the crazy fucking wine cellar they still had Holy there. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it was insane. But there was no way to sell it in this new revamped idea because they didn't know whether they wanted to be the Rich Uncle Tavern is like, well, they have a bar up front, 
They have a fine dining restaurant still kind of in the back. A lot of the same staff still worked there from the flip over. Which was hard from what I heard for yeah. them to transition. Well, it must be because they thought they got hired to work at a fine dining restaurant. And, and they were an older, like not old, but an older, more <laughs> seasoned group of people, myself included, working there because that's sort of the development you have. You get to a certain point, you're like, this is what I want to do. I want to work in a nice fine dining restaurant and like give high quality service and if I'm going to stay in this industry for my life this is kind of what I feel like is the culmination of it and then all of a sudden they're selling burgers and fries again totally. with TVs that are showing sports all the time like and it was just like I I can't even imagine I wasn't there during the Berlin part I just started working there after it already got flipped how long was it after they opened Oh, I got, I was on the original staff when they flipped over, right? So, but, so a bunch of the people who still worked at Berlin, and I honestly just felt bad for them, (laughs) you know, like, they, like, the difference, like, for me, who gives a fuck, I was just, it was just a job, (laughs) like, it was just another serving job, but whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do, but for these people who are used to doing, giving, like, this high-quality, finite service... And especially I was the back of house staff that were used to no cooking shitting. it. Like And had and the skill too. Remember how the fucking mishmash the menu was at first? Like they had they literally had caviar, three different kinds of caviar. Yes. And then the rich uncle burger with fries. I like, the caviar <laughs> thing was threw me for a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had duck wings, but same oh, thing. They're like, delicious. Yeah. Let's be real. Okay. You well, the food there is yet. very good. The, no, I have no fucking clue. But the food, the food there is very good, it's still to this day. Um, but like, I just felt like they didn't know what they were anymore. Like, and the the potential was so strong, mm. and it aesthetically it was beautiful. Mm. It is beautiful. Um, I sadly haven't got to go in for a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I know. It, 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 there's still great people working there, and I know that the ownership is trying hard to figure out what it is that they've got there. I just think still the same as when. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a huge fucking spot too, right? So um, it, I heard that the upstairs was. Yeah, so they had an upstairs, uh, which was kind of like they were going to do like a whiskey sort of lounge up there. It's gorgeous, like the old library bar look to it. And I don't know, they just couldn't figure out a way to make it work, I guess. But like, yeah, the rumor is that they're shutting that down when we're all allowed to reopen again. But uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see. I think just uh, whatever, I think the potential for weddings, because it's such a picturesque little spot. Mm. So, who knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah. But I agree, there was a little bit of confusion on that front. There was. um, And I, I, because I was, I always felt like there's a fine dining way of serving, and there's a more casual way of serving, right? Um, And there was a certain point where the ultra fine dining way we were serving the tables <laughs> did not mesh with the 17 beer taps. The mise en place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing a mise en place with when we're with the with, with the duck wings with the duck wings, right? Or the yeah, like it, and, and nachos or whatever yeah. they have now. And like it just you gotta you gotta know who you are. It's the most valuable thing in this industry is figuring out what the fuck you are and stick to it. Like you just got to stick with it, right? So, 
Uh, do you, uh, explain a mise en place to those people who don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I guess in the way that, like, with wings you need some wet naps. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, if, you're, if you order a steak, then the server will come by with this little platter I never used and mm. dro- nicely drop down your steak knife, which I'm not saying those things aren't needed, but in the way that we were expected to present it. It yeah, it's a lot about presentation. It was a very fine dining presentation for everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just don't think you can do that the water and also refills. be a sports bar. Yeah, and the water refills. The water refills were fucking exhausting Holy after shit. a while. Like, I know. I well, you're drinking OV all night long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm right. from Port Elgin, so I appreciate the OV. That's yeah. all my dad I'm from Oshawa, so. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You're from Port Elgin. I am. You, you, you never worked at a place there, right? No, I've drank at a many, but yeah, no. Yeah, that's what's pretty cool. Why one of my it's friends owns awesome. a, a couple places there, and it's, um, uh, do you, you know Chris Carver? No, where? What places? Ah, uh, fuck, I can't remember what the names are. You have to are. come back to me with that. Yeah, I will. Uh, but anyway, he owns a couple places there, so I've been up to visit it, and oh. uh, that's just a classic beach drinking totally. summer big drinking but it's tub. not like as tacky as like sobble i feel no not even close no um i moved out of there when i was two but my dad lives up there he lives on the water it's gorgeous oh so you weren't you weren't working at any bars no when you were no two? but i i go up for obviously in the summer i'm up there quite a bit yeah and, uh, i love like the the queens is the main but then there's a wismer house and there's so much character in those places the wismer house that might be the one he owns I know that because my grandma's old friend owned it, and her husband, I think that was his nickname or whatever the hell, but they know that it got taken over. Apologies to Jeff Carver if that is the place you own. <laughs> I just can't fucking remember. I was up there Tried one time, best. and there was too much Jagermeister involved. There you so, go. It was a house. I know that. Um, <laughs> okay, so Rich Uncle, and then, uh, so, I don't know, there's not a whole lot to talk about with regards to Rich Uncle. It's no, just but like in, that's how we met yes, and yes. became great friends true and That's honestly true. I was so sad when you left because nobody appreciated my bitching like you did oh yeah you it's know? good we did have some good bitch sessions there. we had some yeah. really good bitch sessions yeah. because my I have like a Larry David edge to me sometimes yes there's a subtle here's another subtle art that most people who are not in the industry uh, that you might not realize that happens with your servers is if you're an asshole and I'm just going to tell you this straight up for anyone listening if you're an asshole we do bitch about you <laughs> And we might be as pleasant as humanly possible oh, yes. to your face, but there's a subtle art in Kara coming to me and talking to me about what an asshole you are, me making a joke about what an asshole you must be, make her feel better, she goes back up. That's how it works. That's, that's, that's oh, how, yeah. And telling those stories to each other kind of keeps us sane after a while, Without to be honest egg. with you. I, like, I always tell myself, too, is like, don't say it to their face. Just come back, bitch to each other oh, yes. about it, go into the kitchen, the kids, the, the fucking, the chefs love those stories. Oh, yeah. Because they don't deal with the people. And sometimes they're just blown away by what customers will actually say to you. 100%. Right? And like, it gives them a take when they're pissed at mm, us. Because mm. inevitably that happens. It's like, don't forget what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like, you know? we're like, yeah. Do we make more money? Yes. But the reason <laughs> is because we deal with a lot more shit. No yeah. kidding. Okay. Tell, what is, uh, what's your favorite, or uh, what's your, your worst customer pet peeve? Ooh, um, 
honestly, I think a big, a huge one for me was the like the water refills, and then I do it, and the guy fucking just chugs it right there. <laughs> so I have to like, I guess I'll fill it again. I did, you can just stand there oh. all night. And then my brass symbols come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So probably that. I'd That's say. a good one. And um, for uh, do you have like a favorite drink or cocktail to make or drink? What's your go-to cocktail? Uh, whiskey sours are whiskey sour, yeah. I had a fucking amazing one when I was here for the burlesque show. Oh, exactly, yeah. Delicious. Keep preaching. (laughs) (laughs) That's at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's. I did not pay her for that shameless plug. Mm. Nor did I probably make that fucking drink. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, Kara, thanks so much for joining us. That was amazing. That's it. I got nothing else to talk to you about. That's it. That's it. All right. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Cheers. 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 Lifty. And thanks to all our uh, those who are listening. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, please remember that subscribing, rating, and reviewing helps us tremendously. Um, and it's a great way to help people like me who are without a business during this terrible time. So <laughs> uh, thanks again, Kara. Thank you.